Hello, welcome to another episode of the All In Football Podcast. We are again with our usual host, Colin Mafaru, this week. Wish you all the best, mate. Can't wait to have you back on as soon as possible. So you are stuck with myself, Scott Williams, as host this week. I am, of course, joined by football connoisseur and Leeds United superfan, Tom Hughes, alleged FPL guru and all-round nice guy, Alex Rex. And I am delighted to say we have our very first guest on the show this week, our good friend Jack Halcroft. Jack is a huge uh, Hull City fan and a bit of a fantasy football master. Welcome to the show, Jack. You're glad to be here? Very glad to be here, Scott. Thank you for having me. No problem. Nice to see behind the curtain. That's it. You see all the hard work and preparation that comes into this podcast every week. And uh, yeah, we are delighted to have you on. And we will be uh, certainly putting some uh, football discussion points to you, especially fantasy football, which we'll find out later on. You are absolutely smashing this year. Um, So this week, we'll be discussing all things player of the season and also unsung heroes of the season. We're also going to discuss the fallout from the weekend and midweek fixtures and where that leaves us going into the final weekend of the season, as well as a light touch on the playoffs, our usual dive into fantasy football, and finally, some quick-fire questions. As always, you can find us all over social media. We're All In Football Pod on Instagram and All In Football P on Twitter. Give us a follow, slide into them DMs. So let's get straight into it. So we're going to touch and talk about players of the season. So we did have the shortlist a few weeks ago, so I'll quickly run through that. So we've got Gundogan, Kane, Bruno Fernandes, Diaz, Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, Jack Grealish and Phil Foden. So starting with yourself, Alex, I know you've uh, you've gone for Kane. Chat to me a bit about Kane. How much does his goals and assists really stand out in a bit of an underperforming season? And big news this week, he wants to leave the club, allegedly. Where do you think he will go and where do you think he should go? Great questions. And it is big news, isn't it, this week? Um, he has got 22 goals and 13 assists this season, so he's top for both, uh, what well, equal top for both of those. Very, very key stats. He's got the most shots this season. He's third, was third for big chances created behind Bruno and KDB. And that's all with playing a deeper role and basically carrying a bang average Spurs team. So I think he's done an absolute incredible job um, in a, yeah, to be fair, really, really poor team. Um, massive news he's leaving. How will he leave? That's the big question. Will anyone be able to afford the price that Daniel Levy is going to be worth to sell him for? Um, obviously, I really hope he goes to Man United. I think he'd be a, a great fit for us. But if I'm Harry Kane and I'm sitting there right now, I am 100% choosing Manchester City. I fit perfectly into their system, whether it's up from replacing Sergio Aguero. Um, he can play a false nine. He can even play in the false nine position. He's, he's dropped deeper this season for Spurs. Like it, it, He is the perfect fit and addition to that Manchester City team. And they only really need that position as well. And £25 million pounds on him. Uh, but yeah, Kane's my pick, boys. Do you, know, do you know why I think Kane would suit City so well? It's actually because he wouldn't have to drop deep. Because they've got enough creativity behind him that we could actually see what Kane could do as an all-out striker where he doesn't have to drop back. And maybe Pep will say to him, do you know what, just get in and around the box and stay there. Because actually, why do you need Kane dropping deep in that team? You don't. You know, they've got Phil Foden, Riyad Mahrez, uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Like, why get Kane to drop deep in that team? You just don't need him to. I reckon he'd get 30, 40 goals at City. Literally, I think it'd be unbelievable. The amount of chances he's going to have on this plate, isn't he? Just handed to him on a plate. He's got so much creativity in that Man City team. (laughs) Well, yes, Raheem Sterling, who's actually got good stats previous years. Uh, Mares, Foden, yeah, all the players you've mentioned. He's just, like you say, 30 to 40 goals each season, guaranteed. And I think for Alex's team and the player of the season shout, he's he's been involved in 56% of Spurs goals. This year's that's outrageous. That is outrageous. And actually, if you look at Son, he's got forty-seven percent. So, God save Spurs if they lose both of them, they're screwed. Tom, we've got Alex that does the stats, mate. You don't need to uh, be all over them. But well, um, I, just, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. It was a good one. I, I like that one. No, it's good. And I think one thing for Kane as well. 
he's never really had pace. So there's no not the fear of him losing pace, is there? And we know he can spank a, spank a ball from anywhere. So uh, I think I think City certainly could be. Anywhere else you think he might go? Any sort of left-wing choices there? There's 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 not there's not a team in the world that he doesn't improve. Even um, Dortmund with Haaland or Lewandowski with, with with Bayern. I think he could literally go to any team in the world and he would make every team better and every side. So, you know, if he doesn't go to, he won't go to Chelsea. Surely, I can't can't see it. So, if he doesn't go to United or City, the only other team that can really afford him, considering that um, Barca and Real Madrid are up shit creep without a paddle because they're so broke, it has to be PSG, doesn't it, really? Surely PSG can't afford him, though. I, I can't believe that with Mbappe and Neymar on the books, they can afford him. I just really can't. Selling Mbappe, though, aren't they, this summer? He's got one year left on his contract. Like, they, they're either giving him... An, if they don't give him a new contract, they're going to have to sell him to cash in on him. So... I mean, if they lose Mbappe, that... I don't know what to say. I like that. That would be a huge, huge blow for them. But the Pochettino Ke- connection. Kane, Kane's <laughs> only going to City. Kane's only going to City. If he's really serious about trophies, he's going to City. You don't leave Spurs to go to Man United when they're probably just going to win the Europa League this year, and that's that's it. They're not going to win the league next year. Let's be honest. So, I think as well. I get the impression the Spurs fans will just be like, fair enough. If he goes to City, I think they they realise that they've they've not delivered as much as they should have delivered for Kane. So I don't think it's going to be much by blood. I can't see him celebrating if he scores against them. He doesn't seem that kind of guy. I hope he does. So, yeah. Went went well for Ben Chilwell the other day. Didn't I hope he, he does an Adebayor style celebration as he wins the league for City at, at, at the Spurs uh, Spurs ground and just fucking runs up the other end of the pitch. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, will be an interesting one, but yeah, all likelihood is, I think we'll all be shocked to see him at Spurs next season, won't we? So, uh, certainly one to keep an eye on. And then, yeah, Alex, talk to us about the boy Basuma at uh, Brighton, one that came to your mind. Uh, what's made him stand out in the you know, struggling Brighton team this year, and uh, what do you think he's worth, and where can you see him potentially going? I mean, again, I really hope he goes to Man United, but also he can a replacement at City. Like, he's, he's, he's that good. He's that good. He's going to play at a top 16, 100%. He is my outside shout for player of the season. He starts He starts everything that Brighton do. He's in the top three for passes in the final third. He is in the, one of the top five for recoveries in the league. He's one of the most tackles in the league. Only Ailing's attempted more than him. He is one of the most... I, mean, I don't think he's underrated. I think everyone actually does rate him, um, if I'm honest. I don't know anybody that doesn't rate him. Um, he is... Your next N'Golo Kante. He's that good. I love watching him play football. So hopefully he goes to Man United, but again, he could replace Fernandinho at City. Um, he'll go to any of the top teams in the world and it'll be minimum 30, 35 million, if not, in my opinion. It's a big step up though, isn't it? From a Brighton team to a top, top six team. You know, you're expected to win every week. I think I'll be interested to see how he deals with that expectation. I think why he fits well at United or City is because you won't be expected to be that leading holding midfielder immediately. You know, you've got Scott McTominay at Man United. You've yeah, got Man United, United need another holding midfielder. I mean, after watching Fred play need a good one, don't they? <laughs> seasons and Matic is now an OAP. It feels like we absolutely need a holding. Mid- yeah, definitely. Ma- we need some Matic was an OAP McTominay. when you bought him. He's only like twenty-eight, but yeah, still like we got him, and he did really well. 31, 32 now, but and yeah, I mean, I watched Fred play football, and it, it, when he played against Fulham, literally any of us four could have been on that pitch because he was crap. So uh, we would have all been absolutely fine. He's <laughs> it, it, he's just he's not he's not good enough, and he's had his chance. So we need to hold him midfielder. Yeah, be an interesting one. Could maybe see him going to an Everton potentially. A lot of players just settle for an Everton now and again, don't they? <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, it is. It's that, it's that stepping stone. Maybe Leeds will be a stepping stone as well. You never know. Anyway, calm down, Tom. Um, right, moving on. Over to yourself, Jack. So, um, Ruben Diaz, newly crowned, fresh off the press, uh, Football Writers Player of the Year. So, um, and he's definitely your pick for, you know, Premier League Player of the Year. I take it it's not just the many, many points he's no doubt won for you in fantasy football this season. Um, so, what's really stuck out, you know, for his performances and why is he the main man for you? Well, I wanted to go with something that wasn't going to be obvious here, but I just couldn't get past a title winner. First season in the Premier League, young, you know, not even in his prime as a centre-back. 
the difference he's made to that City team, the defence. Got some stats for you, because I know Alex is here and he likes them. <laughs> the 30 games before he arrived, they conceded 32 goals. 30 games after he arrived and played and started, they conceded 16 goals. That's a huge difference. And he's had different partnerships in that time. John Stones is probably his most successful one. He made John Stones a better player. He made that defence just stronger as a whole. And that's why he's a shoe-in for Player of the Year. And he's won it, you know, PFA Writers of the Year. Fantastic. He's looked so solid, hasn't he, with uh, uh, John Stones. And like you said, he's not had that solid partner all year as well. So that's certainly... Uh, certainly uh, First season in the Premier League as well. I just cannot mm. get over that. He's yeah. just taken to it straight away. Absolutely. Definitely won you a few points as in fantasy football. Yeah, I was a bit late to the party, but yeah, I got on him in the end. <laughs> good, good. It's uh, it's always scary with pet roulette, isn't it? But yeah, glad that he's won you some points. And sort of one that another one there that you've gone for is Gundogan. How important for you was that little, well, say little, couple of months where he was just absolutely scoring for fun? And I, it's when KDB was out as well. So how big was that for um, taking City to the title? Yeah, I nominated him as my unsung player of the year, um, which might surprise a few people, but I think he should be in every team of the year. You know, every pundit should have him in their team, but I haven't seen him in all the teams. So the period that I think you're talking about was from mid-December through to mid-February. And in mid-December, you actually forget how bad Man City started the season. They were ninth, and Liverpool were actually eight points ahead of them. And then you fast-forward that to mid-February, um, they were first, 10 points clear of Man United and 16 points clear of Liverpool. That is a huge turnaround. So in those two months, there were 12 games and he scored 11 goals in that time. And I know he was playing further forward, but he just lifted the team. He took that responsibility. He thrived under it. And yeah, if he's not in every pundit's team, he should be just because of those stats alone. Yeah, he really, uh, like I said, he really filled a gap when he needed it to, didn't he? And uh, I think anyone's coming back from a horrendous injury like he did a few years ago and carries on and continues to raise the game is very impressed. I think a couple of back-to-back player of the months in there as well, which is no mean feat. So, uh, yeah, absolutely well-deserved to be in there for me as well. Um, finally to you, Tom. Um, I know we all know you're loving for Ruben Diaz. You've been sort of singing his praises for a few months now. Um, you got anything else to add to what Jack said? And do you think he he could take Portugal all the way in the Euros again? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love Diaz. I've not hit that uh, very well. Um, he, he's just a brilliant player. He is an absolutely brilliant player. But it's not just that he's got he's a good defender and that he's got good stats and that he's made City better. It's actually just, if you look, he's a leader. He's a leader. I love it. They make a defensive block. And for some reason, out of nowhere, because they never used to do this, all the city defenders around each other and, you know, chest bumping and high-fiving. And it's just a block. You know, they've not won the game. They've just blocked, blocked a shot. But every time it happens now, Ruben Diaz instilled them in that because it's that winning mentality. It's every time you do that, you are stopping a goal. Every time you do that, you are doing your job. And they didn't do that before. They do it now. And that says to me that he's a real leader. And like Jack said, he's really young. So to be not only a really good defender also a really effective leader at that age in that dressing room that's already had so much success that to me is what stands out for Ruben Diaz and I actually am a little scared of City because if Ruben Diaz, Laporte and John Stones are their centre-backs for the next five six years and god forbid they get Harry Kane quadruple Five years in a row, probably <laughs> ridiculous. That'll be absolutely ridiculous. No, no, so, you, you're really yeah. you're making me feel a bit sick now, Tom. Um, but, I mean, yeah. he's brilliant, isn't he? He's so so good. Great, he is so good. One of the great things about Diaz, like like you say, he's a leader and he makes Stones better. Like Stones is like five years older than Diaz, but it feels like it's the other. It's stupid, like how much he makes other players better. It, it, it's just unbelievable. How he brings that team together. He's just replaced company in terms of the leadership as well. It's just been brilliant. And, and that's probably why I think he's actually for me, had a bigger impact than VVD because actually uh, Liverpool's defence is probably worse before uh, VVD came in. So I get the arguments there. 
But just look at, I mean, Diaz, the way he runs that, the way the effect he has on that whole team is unbelievable. I think VVD had the effect because the rest of the team felt secure with him back there. But I don't see the necessarily quite the same leadership qualities. He's definitely a leader, VVD, so I'm not questioning that at all. But it's not quite as vocal. It's not quite as visual, whereas the whole team can see uh, Diaz celebrating every single defensive block. And I think that's, you know, that G's people up. That G's people up when you can see that. So, yeah, Diaz for me, without a shadow of a doubt. I'm not surprised the FWA uh, nominate him. And I think 50%, over 50% of the FWA votes went to a City player. Um, and that was over a mix of six City players. So, brilliant season. Right, the season they had at the end of the day, is it? Come on, like, they won, won the league, they won the League Cup, final of the Champions League, probably, probably favourites to win that. And... Cup just be class, aren't they? Like considering exactly what Jack said earlier, they just the, the start of the season wasn't good. They rode a storm, they've turned it round, and they've come along and they've had the best season they've ever had. If they won the Champions yeah. League, it, it's arguably the best season that Manchester City have ever had. So, yeah. Yeah. and that's well, the first season that Diaz has been in. There's no, there's no. You're going to have to Foden next time because you can't help yourself. But with Foden, Diaz. Like there's no there's no wonder like all of the city boys are everyone's top top of everyone's list because um, they've just been they have been unbelievable since November. I got I got to my players yet, but yeah, uh, I understand what you're saying, Alex. And yeah, lovely little segue um, into that. Phil Foden as well, Tom. Chat to us about your uh, your little loving for Phil, for Foden. Yeah, I mean everyone has a love him with Phil Foden, don't they? He's you can tell because he got forgiven much quicker than Greenwood for the whole England fiasco, and I think that was purely because he just came out and played really, really well, really quickly, and people kind of forgot about that and uh, got over it. Whereas Greenwood seemed to have lasted a bit longer, and that's the only reason I can think of uh, that this would suggest why that's happened. But yeah, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? I think that without a shadow of a doubt, give him another year. Barring, you know, no dramatic injuries and Pep, you know, deciding to actually play him consistently. Still can't understand why he doesn't play more. Um, but he plays him in the big games. And I think that shows the level of trust Pep has him. He rests him in the games that may be not as important. And he plays him in the big games. He protects Phil Foden. That's ridiculous. He's 20 years old and he's protecting him probably more than any other player in that team. So... Yeah, Phil Foden for me, I was talking about play, young player of the season, but I actually think he's got, if they win the Champions League, some of the goals he's scored in that run-in and some of the goals he scored, you know, this year for him in important games, in big games, you know, against Liverpool um, this year, Foden's a shout for player of the season. I think in terms of his, just his raw ability and what he brings to the game, the excitement, he's definitely a shout. Yeah, and he turns 21 the day before the Champions League final. So, uh, imagine if he wins that, he's going to have another good time of it again, isn't he? We, like, we know he likes a good time. So, uh, go for it, Phil. We know you listen to his podcast. So, uh, have a good 21st, mate, and uh, carry that winning the Euros. Um, so, yeah, cheers for that, lads. Great shots. I don't think anyone can argue. Um, just going to touch on my, my own personal uh, opinions. I have a loving for West Ham, as we all know. They're my second team, apparently. For me, I, I go for Declan Rice. I think he's been an absolute driving force, taking Villa to them. Uh, you know, top seven position this season and getting them into a European competition. I think it's an incredible season for your Villa, who just survived uh, last... Not Villa, sorry, West Ham, who just survived last year. And uh, my outside pick is a Villa player and he's a goalkeeper, Martinez. I believe it was about 10 million they paid for him. Uh, 183 points in fantasy. I know Jack and Alex, you'll be well aware of that. And 15 out of 37 games played this season, 15 clean sheets. That is incredible. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, why Villa are doing so well and com extremely comfortable this season. Um, we threw it out to some of our listeners with uh, some interesting response, to say the least. Um, have a guess if this this is uh, from a Leeds United fan. Ali Oskin Harrison we had. Um, yeah, Jack Harrison has certainly had a couple of couple of good games, but for uh, I think Jack, you said something about do we need him as a shout for England, Jack, or you think we're all right in that position? Well, yeah, I just can't believe someone's picked him as player for the season when if he was that, he would be in the England team, and the fact that people aren't even debating him, you know, for why isn't he in Gareth's squad? No one's saying that, but. I think he's had a good season for Leeds and I'd be interested to see if he can step up again next year because, like you say, he's had some good games but in other games that I've seen, he's gone missing a little bit. So consistency. As with any good player, consistency is key. Yeah. 
I'll have to agree with that. And uh, Alioski, uh, he's the joke of the pack, isn't he? So uh, that's that's uh, hilarious. He's definitely he's definitely had some good games. Talk to us, Alex. We would you should at the uh, to talk to us something about fantasy there, right? Yeah. Well, listen, he was he was doing really really well in terms of his underlying stats. He was uh, getting forward. He was crosses, passes in the final third, big chances created. I think he was top in the six game weeks before the last one. From what I was saying, he was either second or top of that. It's got to be said, Alioski, he's not a left-back, and he's made that position his own, actually, I think, second half of the season, uh, from what I watch him play. I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a liability, but he, I mean, he's obviously nowhere near the, the, the shout for the team of the player of the season, but it can't be denied that he's actually done He's done a really good job in that position, and he's covered because Stuart Dallas, is, who is actually, my honest opinion, if Leeds United have got a player going forward for player of the season, Stuart Dallas is number one. Yeah. I don't even think it's close. It's, I mean, Bamford, Rafinha, maybe, but, you know, but like, but Dallas is number one. But Alioski's done amazing in that left-back position, has to be said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some others there to mention as well. Wampasaka, Rodri, very, very solid um, in that team. Mahrez is, is looking like, like I say, one of Pep's go-to players in the bigger games. Cully's mentioned Nat Phillips. Um, he certainly was impressive last night. Uh, and Sigurdsson as well. He's had a very solid season. So, yeah, some great shouts. Sigurdsson? Um, we... I'm not yeah. sure about that one. Uh, I think he's gone into a bit more of a less attacking role, hasn't this year? Sort of drop back a little bit and let... Yeah, um... maybe. Was, was Cull- were Cully's suggestions Nat Phillips and Sigurdsson? Uh, certainly Nat Phillips. I don't think it was Sigurdsson. No. Okay, okay. Well, well, Nat Phillips is crazy, so... Yeah, well, I mean, Mo Salah's scored 22 goals this season in a Liverpool yeah. team that's been bang average, if not poor. But, you know, still not player of the season, Chart for Cully, because he just literally doesn't like <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, so I, I, I think open. he's seen a couple of goals from Nat Phillips and got a nosebleed there, because there's absolutely no way Nat Phillips is, is, is A couple of goals shot. being one in the right end, one in the wrong end. I mean, Bruno got credited <laughs> with that goal and that one. Yeah. Still, sorry, sorry, goal, sorry, Cully, incorrect. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, Netflix is certainly one to keep an eye on. But um, yeah, he's had a good that. breakthrough season. I yeah. don't think anyone would argue that. Um, he stepped Without up when they doubt. needed him, but mm. you know, yeah. calm down, yeah. Colin. And also, he yeah. he was under a lot of pressure. If he'd have made a mistake, it would have been massively highlighted because it's like, oh, we haven't got Virgil, we haven't got Gomez, we haven't got Matip because Matip is always injured. So like, it's just. Yeah, it would have been so high, heavily highlighted. It was a very big pressure situation for him to come into. And yeah, I completely agree. I think he's done a really good job considering he is the fourth or fifth choice centre-back at Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. Some great chat there, lads. Um, and yeah, any any opinions from any of you listeners? Like I said, we're all over um, social media, all in football, pod on Instagram and all in football, P and Twitter. Slide in, have a go at us if you want. We're more than happy to hear. Right, so we're just going to do a little light touch on the playoffs as well. Um, so... Um, it's been some fantastic, very tense games as well. So we'll start with the championship. So Bournemouth beat, won the first leg one nil against Brentford, and Barnsley lost at home to Swansea in the first leg. Um, it's a great IU finish for that one. Um, on the back of that, then lads, just quickly, who do we fancy going up? Tom, start with you. Who's caught your eye? And who do you think is going to uh, go all the way up? Uh. I really don't know. I don't know. Both ties are really close, aren't they? So I, I genuinely think there's not a clear, a, a, there's not a team that sticks out to me as being as shoo-ins because ultimately, you know, Bournemouth, yeah, okay, they've got a lead going into it, but I don't think that they played especially well from the part of the game that I saw. I watched about 60 minutes of that game. Um, Barnsley, I don't think are going to be able to overcome Swansea. So I definitely think it'll be Swansea in the final. Um, so it's just a question of whether Brentford... I think if it ends up being Brentford-Swansea final, Brentford go through. But it's just whether Brentford can actually show up. I think Brentford are the best of, out of those four on their day. Oh, good. I'm glad you said that, Tom. So I thought... Yeah on this podcast then I was like bloody hell <laughs> well do, do you know what the, I, the ties are so close what do you want me to yeah. say the ties are so close and I think Barnsley I don't think Barnsley will come back like their first their first leg performance was not great I didn't see um, a lot from that that suggested that they would be able to get a result in the second one uh, but Brentford I mean yeah Brentford had a couple of chances in that game and Bournemouth I, I'm just not convinced that they should even be in the playoffs to be honest yeah, I think I think slightly harsh on Barnsley. Uh, certainly second half, they, I thought they were brilliant. I thought, but there was one factor that made them really come out: the fans. It was great to hear. The fans were fantastic on the uh, on that game, and they really got behind them, and they were unlucky not to score. 
Um, it was just brilliant to hear them back in the stadium. But, actually. but that's why I think that they're going to struggle because yeah. they're going to have to go and do that at Swansea now, right? Yeah. And they, they look they look solid, don't they, as well, Swansea? Um, they're personally my pick to go all the way. I think they'll get the job done. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tight. Alex, quick one. Not sitting on the fence? No. Uh, I, I, it'll be the winner of Bournemouth against Brentford and at the moment uh, that goes up. I think they've got more in the tank than the other teams and Bournemouth, Bournemouth are winning 1-0, so I'm going to go Bournemouth. Perfect. And Jack, who do you fancy? I agree. It's between that tie, Bournemouth versus Brentford. Um, I picked Brentford beforehand, so I've got to stick with them, haven't I? Even though they're one 0 down. Perfect. Can I just? Be... I, I know you got you want to move on, but can I just ask if Steve Cooper is rumoured for the uh, for the Palace job? Hmm. I guess the question is, if they go up with, uh, if if he goes up with Swansea, will he still get the Palace? Will he still go for the Palace job, or? If they don't go up, do you think they'll still go for him? Just I thought that was interesting reading that this week when he's in a playoff struggle and they're talking about him as the next Palace Palace boss. I think they'll go for him regardless, yeah. I think he's shown that he's got an unbelievable football knowledge. I heard some stories about when he came in for the interview. He had so much prepared and he just absolutely wowed him. And it was just, I, he really impresses me, Steve Cooper. Um, and yeah, I think they'll go for him. Whether he'll go is another thing, but um, yeah, certainly be an interesting one. Better than Frank Lampard, though, I bet. I hope Frank Lampard ends up managing Man United one day, because I'd love to see them in League One. <laughs> Why? <laughs> let's, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. So We're going to touch on League Two. There's only been one game. The other game's uh, later on this evening, uh, well, of time of recording. Newport beat Forest Green 2-0, and then we've got Markham and Tranmere to come later on tonight. And, Link- and into League One. So Lincoln, massive win for them. First leg, 2-0 win against Sunderland. Sunderland again, just look at the bottle in the playoffs. And Blackpool, one foot in the playoff final. 3-0 winners against Oxford. I've got to come to you, Jack. Been a big Hull City fan. Obviously, your boys, you know, cruising to the title this year. Um, obviously, you've your, your team's played all these. Who's caught your eye and who do you fancy to go all the way this season? Well... All those teams have given us a tough game um, and they obviously all deserve to be there. The table doesn't lie. My pick before the playoffs was Blackpool. So I'm glad that they scored three goals. Um, They had, you know, some real form going in. They've got goal scorers. I think they can keep it tight when they want to as well. Or they can keep it tight when they want to. Um... Yeah, Lincoln Sunderland is the other tie, isn't it? I hope for Sunderland's sake they go up because they're a huge club and I'd love to see them up in the championship as well. But I'm just not convinced. They were stumbling towards the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Blackpool. Um, good lead in the first tie. I think they'll see that through. And then if they meet Lincoln or Sunderland in the final, I think they've got enough to see off both those teams. Good shout. Be quite the comeback from Blackpool. You know, they have been all the way back down to League Two after obviously being in the Premier League a few years ago. So they're obviously on the right way up as well, which is, uh, yeah, incredibly impressive. Oxford obviously really just missing missing um, the manager on the sideline there. Obviously, three game touchline ban we touched on last week. So seems like that was a big blow. But yeah, exciting. Obviously, bank holiday weekend next uh um, next weekend, that's when all the playoffs will be played. Fans back in the ground. I honestly cannot wait for them. And then, uh, yeah, go again next season. It'll be it'll be certainly interesting to watch. Right, moving on. So, like I say, we had a busy, busy mid, um, well, busy weekend followed by a busy midweek. Um, lots of fallout on the back of that. And there's some interesting uh, scenarios, especially the race for Europe um, coming into the final weekend of the season. Alex, I want to start with yourself and... Um, Talking about Leicester and Chelsea, obviously they met each other at the weekend. I think we were all delighted to see Leicester win the FA Cup for the first time. And Chelsea getting some slight revenge by beating them in the league a few days later. Now, in your opinion, if you'd gone to Leicester and Chelsea before the weekend and say, Leicester, you'll be winning the FA Cup, but Chelsea, you'll be getting Champions League. With the, you know, Chelsea winning a lot of trophies recently down the last 10, 15 years and Leicester not having that success, do you think they would have taken it? Yeah, um, because Leicester have never won the FA Cup before. 
and they lost three finals in the 1960s. It's been a big, big thing for them to to win a trophy and win some silverware. And yeah, I think that's that's a massive successful season for them. If someone had offered them fifth in the FA Cup at the end of the, at the beginning of the season, they'd have taken it. Obviously, they, they don't want to lose out at the end of the day. And I think they've been, I don't know, unlucky is the wrong word with the, the game against Chelsea being the one game that Chelsea have had home fans in. You know, I think it, it's just, it's all fallen a little bit. I can't, I can't believe they're going to miss out again. Um, but I think that, unfortunately for them, I, I think they will. And, and the telling game, to be honest, the telling game was losing to Newcastle. That was the big one for Leicester, wasn't it, yeah. at the end of the day? That, they, they, I hate using the term bottled it, but that's where they, they really, really made the mistake. That themselves down. Um, in terms of the FA Cup, I was looking at winners and one of the thing, reasons why it was such a massive deal for Leicester to win it so, a little bit of trivia for you. you you'll, like, you'll like this. So, in the 33 years prior to Leicester winning the FA Cup, on only three occasions has a team that isn't the big six, the big six, scummy words, the big six, only three occasions have, as a team, won the FA Cup. 94-95, uh, it was Everton, Man United in the final. But who are the other two teams to win the FA Cup? before Leicester the one members of the big six. I'll let you, let you think about that for a minute while I, I move on to my, my next point, which is very much a case of Chelsea. The jeopardy with Leicester was massive, wasn't it? Let's be honest, right? They lose the FA Cup final, they've got City in the Champions League final, and if they'd have lost to Leicester, they'd have come fifth and won no trophies potentially. I mean, they've gone from having nearly an amazing season to having a, a season of that could have been awful, could have fallen apart for them at the end. Yeah, um, I think, to answer your question, yes, Leicester would have taken it, but it is a bit of a disappointment that I want to make the top four most probably, isn't it, let's be honest. Yeah, great shout, and I'm just trying to think, one of them is Portsmouth, and I'm uh, trying to think, do it Ipswich? No, Portsmouth beat no. Cardiff, that's the only final in the last 34 years um, that hasn't involved a team in the big six. It's Wimbledon beat Coventry in 1988. Was it not oh, Wigan? So that's the... Wigan beat City. Yes, there it is. There we Wigan go. Beats... Ben Watson, last minute. Big edit. There it is. There you see, boys. There you go. Oh, sorry that was. Didn't they get relegated the next year? Yeah, they got relegated that year. They got relegated that year. They won the FA Cup yeah, and got relegated. Season. Fucking hell, I forgot that. Yeah. That's bad. Well, do you remember um, <laughs> happened, happened to Birmingham in the League Cup? Around that time, didn't they? They beat Arsenal with yeah. an extra time. It was an absolute f uh, shambles at the back, actually, with the key for Chesney, maybe. But yeah, they won it, and that was uh, quite funny uh, for, Arsenal, and, and for I, Arsenal fans. I just want to say one thing, Alex. In all of that, you said that the big six have won it. Well, when's the last time Spurs won the FA Cup? Uh, in in 19, I think it was 1989 or 1990. That, that, that... <sighs> they haven't, they They're haven't on the edge of the stats time, there, I, then, aren't they? I did it where it was pretty, pretty base. It was pretty awful. But Liverpool have won it four times once, City twice, United and Chelsea seven each, and Arsenal nine times in that time. Yeah, the Arsenal. Interesting. Stuff. The Interesting. Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jack, over to you. Right, well, let's chat about Leeds. As a as a fellow non-Leeds fan living in the city, I thought it'd be good to come to yourself. Technically, technically, they can still make these European places. It's not going to happen. There's too much uh, um, goal swing. It's, it's not, not Tom, relax. Um, there's too much uh, goal swings involved. But um, do you think it's a good thing, first of all, them not sneaking into the playoffs? Uh, playoffs, sorry. The, um, well, the, the uh, European, European positions. And what would be a good season for them, do you think, next season? Um, is it a good thing that they're not sneaking in there? I think any Leeds fan would love to play in Europe, so I don't mean you can say it's a good thing, but I understand exactly what you're saying. Do they want to have that commitment with a... At the moment, I still feel Leeds' squad isn't filled out enough. They still need a couple more players. If they had European competition on top of that, potentially some games to actually get into Europe as well, because I could see them getting that seventh spot, potentially. Um, in other years, not this year. I know what you're saying about the goal difference. Um, and then in the second season, you know, you don't want to suffer from second se season syndrome. And I don't want to invite the wrath of Leeds fans on me by saying that, because I know that's quite a controversial point. But 
it's proven, you know, you do have to step up in the second season. Um, I think Leeds' way of playing, that shouldn't be an issue, but I don't want to speak too soon. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really interested to see what happens, first and foremost. I, I'd love to see what Leeds do next season. Um, but I'd like to see them doing that without being in Europe um, because that'll be a proper reflection on what their squad achieves. Yeah. There's been many teams in the past that have been. Sorry, sorry. I was just (laughs) going to say there's been many teams in the past that have been sort of had that different way of playing. I think you look at Sheffield United last year, been found out. So yeah, it's a big thing, isn't it? Go on, Al. Sorry. It's not so. It's not so much the. It's exactly on that point though. It's not so much even the being found out. It's the experience the players have then of playing against that style of football because everyone goes oh watching the way Leeds United play football well that that's great but you know we've we've had we had we've had 36 up, up until last week so like it doesn't really make those two extra games don't make a difference it's the experience that you have as a football football player playing that style that makes that does make a difference as well so I, I mean I don't think Leeds will have a have a problem I think it'd be better for them not to make I think it's been really great for Leeds to bomb out the cups early as well. Stuart Dallas said yeah, himself, he was like, we've, had, we've hardly played any games this season compared to last season. We're, we're fresh as a daisy. We're so fit. <laughs> Let's just keep going and keep going. They can, they've probably got a couple of like, uh, cup, cup runs next season. Um, hopefully cement themselves as a solid Premier League team. Top 30 times of success again next season. Um, and then hopefully they can push on from there with some solidity. Yeah. One of the things that frustrated me, Tom, and I'm going to come to you now, um, after this to you early on in the season, is I think Leeds is a team that can win the FA Cup. They can beat anyone on the day. And Do you think that is something that you'll be looking at next year, do you think, Tom? I would love to see Leeds go on a significant cup run because it has been absolutely donkey's years. I mean, I don't, I can't think of any time in the last probably 20 years where we've gone on a significant cup run. It's been that long. Uh, we always, always go out. You know, there's so many stories of us going out to Histon and all these teams, you know. Um, so it's not like it's a new thing. But Bielsa traditionally does really well in cup competitions. Um, but he has opted to play a lot of young players from Leeds squad in cup competitions. I'd love to see him just go for it a bit. Uh, you know, I don't mind changing the team a little bit, putting a couple of those younger players in just uh, just to get a bit of balance and rest some of those key players. But I think he's done it too much, you know, so yeah. he's not, I don't think Leeds fans would, you know, never criticise Bielsa in the cup competitions. He's made too many changes and it's impacted the team. So I definitely think we're capable of cup run. But on the second season syndrome, I think I've seen a lot of Leeds fans saying, oh, it's insulting to say that we're going to do that because we've had such a good season. It's ridiculous. Of course we could. You know, like you say, teams will figure us out. Managers will be better prepared for us. Our players, there's a risk of complacency. You know, they think, oh, well, we, we survived easily last year, so we're going to be fine this year. There's so many different fa- things that can factor in. You know, if we have another bad run of injuries, uh, we could have a second bad season. So what's good for Leeds next year? Being a Premier League team. Yeah, that's it. We that. just, and, uh... All I want to see is Leeds in the Premier League long term so if we if we finish 17th next year I'll be happy to be quite honest you'll Do be all, all, all leads yeah. we've got that on record can we just get that on record so Tom will be happy I'll be, I'll be happy with 17th I'll be happy with 17th I would be ecstatic will you be acting happy with anything else will I be acting I'll be acting stressed Jack I didn't say I'd enjoy the ride but if I finish 17th and I get another league, another year in Premier League football will I be happy yes because ultimately we've overachieved this year let's be honest we've overachieved we've got championship players in the top half of the table yeah, you don't have to live with him as well, Jack, so you don't feel the stress. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, you'll be happy to know uh, Mark Wright's been released by Crawley. So he I saw maybe, that. He won't be coming to destroy you again yeah. in the FA Cup. Anyway, moving oh. on. Uh, Tom, sticking with you quickly. Um, Everton, it looks like it's another disappointing year for them outside of your, the European places. They've got arguably the best manager in world football right now. What do they need to do next year to get in that top seven? So bored of Everton, honestly. Like, oh. I, I want just, I just not. I'm just bored of Everton. You know, every year there's something like every couple of years they get a manager or they get some players, and you think, oh, they're going to make a good season of it. What they're develop, they're developing as a club. I re- like this year when they started off. You thought, oh, okay, they're getting results, grinding out results. And the longer the season's gone on, the more I just 
don't understand what their style of play is. Ancelotti's a great manager. I don't know what he's trying to do with Everton. When I watch them, they don't seem to have a strategy. Their strategy seems to be kind of counter-attacking. They sit and absorb a lot of pressure. Um, and then they're almost expecting like Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Rickarlison to almost just create these chances. You know, against West Ham, they were really, really passive. Really passive. Um, and I don't think you're ever going to progress as a club being passive. You know, Manchester United were very passive, I think, when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer first took over and tried to play on the counter-attack a lot, and that's why they struggled. And now they've become a bit more aggressive and a bit more controlling. They're starting to see the results. If you want to be a top club, you control games. It's as simple as that. You've never had clubs at the really top ends um, of, 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 uh, of tables or tournaments getting into the late stages of cups by being passive, I don't think. So um, Everton are just... One of those clubs where we talk about these players that are going to go there and we say, oh, that's an Everton player. They're never amazing players. They're just kind of good players who would fit in at Everton, but they're not good enough for a top four side. Um, so probably for Everton to progress, they need to change people's mentality on that because if we think that, so do players. Yeah, certainly be an interesting one. So, yeah, one of the big things this uh, weekend is, of course, that final Champions League spot. So I'm, just, I'm coming for one-word answers. Obviously, Chelsea and Liverpool in prime position. Um, Chelsea playing Villa, Liverpool against Crystal Palace, Leicester against Spurs. One word answer, who misses out? Jack. I want it to be Liverpool, but I think Leicester. Alex? Leicester. Tom? Leicester. I agree with Jack. want it to be Liverpool, sorry, Gully, but it will be Leicester. So, yeah, exciting weekend ahead. And, uh, yeah, lots to, lots to look forward to, uh, especially at the end of next season as well. Um, right, so it's that time of the week again. We're going to go over to the air quotes alleged FPL guru and he's going to chat to us about a lot of action that's just happened. And I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot um, about Jack's fantasy football. So over to you, Al. Cheers, mate. Uh, I am overall rank third out of the four people on this podcast and the person who played it for half a season. So FPL guru, maybe not. Um, let's look at the game week 36 top performers uh, and game week 37. Ferran Torres got a hat trick, 20 points. And Harrison, Jack Harrison, uh, future England star and unsung hero of the season, apparently. Goal and two assists uh, with 16 points and a 4 0 win over Burnley. Uh, Leeds have only lost one in the last 10 games, I think. Uh, and they, I think it was to Brighton 2 0. So they're uh, doing fantastically well. Um, thanks, Tom. Uh, Torres was that 4 3 win over Newcastle. Pep's rotation was ridiculous. Scott Carson got his first. Pre- the game since 2011, I think it was, something mad. And uh, I know one of our friends in our league, shout out to Jeff, had Edison in goal. And he found out when we were on the golf course together that Scott Carson was one of my moments of the season. Because <laughs> it's just what fantasy does to people, doesn't it? Um, yeah, they, they were the uh, the best performers anyway, um, across the, the, the game week itself. Um, I wanted to just come on to game week and... And obviously, whilst we've got you here, Jack, you're having an incredible season. Overall rank 9,934th in the world, and you were up in the top 7K, 8K, I'm sure. Um, but fantastic. Yeah, last game week. week six, last week. <laughs> game, game, so I'm not going to agree to come on here again. It's obviously, <laughs> come on here and talk <laughs> about it, and you'll rock it down the, down the league. Right, yeah. I'll have it rock it down to 9K in the world out of 8 Oh, you know when you get uh, your eyes set on something, though. Oh. Game week six, when you played your first wildcard, you were 1.6 million in the world. So it's been a, a constant uh, constant climb of the rank ever since then. Um, it's on to be your best season. Your captain success rate, 73%, I think, was fantastic this season. I still looked at that. Captain Salah 17 times, and uh, you seem to really like Mo. And he's not let you down too often. Uh, only taken 24 points worth of hits. I hope you're listening to this, Cully. 24 <laughs> points, not 240. Um, <laughs> you were. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. The, the, the amount of hits that one takes is insane. But your favourite team this season has been Liverpool. Then it's Spurs, Villa, United and Leeds. We are top five most used players of the teams that have been from this season. Um, I don't think you've ever had a player from Fulham or West Brom. So is that a tactic, I'm, I'm assuming, in terms of avoiding these guys? But... Half of the, the table, you never started to play from there. But I wanted to ask you, what's worked so well for you this season, and why has this been your best? Do you think? Well, simply put, what's worked for me this season is I got a fairly decent template, you know, from the first game 
I had Bruno in there, who's been in there all season. Um, I had Bamford, you know, gambled on him starting every game, and he surprised me how well he did. Um, as you said there, you know, points hit. I haven't had to chase um, transfers. You know, I haven't been firefighting. I've had an okay team, so I haven't had to take a lot of points hit. And then conversely, I have, I've given players time. I haven't just been chopping and changing and missing out on points. I've actually given them a run of games and usually they've, they've rewarded me. Um, I mean, yeah, 17 times on Salah captain. That's one thing I've made a real conscious effort to do. You know, don't take too many gambles. Who do you think is going to score the goals at the weekend? Salah or another big player? Um, and I've given it to them. And usually it's worked out. I mean, yeah, as you said, this week... Salah didn't score, let me down. And that's, you know, the first time for a long time that it hasn't worked out. So I'm happy with that. It's, uh, it's been ridiculously consistent, I think, your performance this season across fantasy football. That's the uh, the, the word has to be said. Um, coming to a man who has shown also ridiculous consistency since he bothered in, in game week 18. <laughs> Tom, you are now up to, I think, 727k in the world. Weren't you like four million at one point? You've done unbelievable. You're easily in the top ten percent now. Um, what have you taken and learned from this half of the season? Uh, the key learning for me is to actually do it. That would be the <laughs> first <a> thing. <laughs> I've, I've, <laughs> I think I had Son captain for like nineteen weeks at the start because I just I gave up after like two weeks. I was like, my first week was bad, so I was like, whatever, I'm out of it. Um, and then when I actually started paying attention again and thinking about the choices and, you know, looking at things like um, the ICT index, that's really helped me, I think, um, looking at the threat that players carry. Um, and that maybe helps you find some differential options that aren't particularly doing well in terms of points hauls. But maybe that's because they're not reflecting. And something I think I started doing that because of, and I hate talking about Leeds too much, but uh, Patrick Bamford, you know, last year, his stats, he didn't get the goals that his underlying stats said he should in the championship. Whereas this year, he's actually overperformed, I think, on the chances he's had. And that made me think, you know, things always have a way of balancing themselves out. So the ICT index for me is a really good tool on that app to just see what potential threat players carry. And uh, I, I, I trust that a lot now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, um, that's, uh, that is good. that's a good point. But yeah, but like three million, three million places I've gone up in the last uh, twenty weeks. Not bad, that. No, it's it's it, to be honest, it's it, it's a, it's a right effort, has to be said. Um, Cully uh, was up to uh, three hundred and thirty-two k this season. Um, I, I already know what his lessons are uh, that he's learned. Um, <laughs> obviously, not taking over two hundred points worth of hits and not blowing all your chips by game week four. That's uh, that's his <laughs> lessons that he's learned. Um, Scott. Top out of our podcast mini league uh, that we've got between the four of us, you're just four points ahead of myself. This is your best season. You know what are your take takeaways from this season? Well, well, second best. I finished second a couple of years ago, but don't worry about that. Al. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about was... between the four of us. All oh, right, okay. I do yeah, do yeah. apologise. Um, so yeah, key takeaways from this season is to list listen to you from week one. Um, it's gone really well, actually, since I've been taking, but it's been a couple of dodgy ones in there. Um, but no, I, I think for me, probably learn what an ICT index is. That's probably one I need to do. Um, <laughs> something about threat. Um, and I'd probably look a bit further ahead rather than just the next game week. Certainly look at four, five, six. I've learned to plan who you're going to be bringing in and out, do a nice little spreadsheet. And yeah, hope for the best. Something I've learned from last season is to do exactly the opposite of what Cully's done. Is I've done, I've taken too many little two, you think, oh, a little four point here, but they add up a lot coming into the season. And I, I would say I'm very, very low in relation to points taken this season. So yeah, and uh, yeah, not gambling too much. I've started rolling the dice this week and last, but other than that, yes, stick to the people you know who's going to bag the goals. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I agree. And yeah, my two main things are always captaincy yeah, is key, and then it's planning transfers, um, and that's uh, that's those are the the two key things because then it will save you a lot down the line, and you uh, you plan for long term. You don't plan for the the one week you bring them in. You plan for the six, seven, eight, nine game weeks that you're going to have them in for, 
um, and then you know without well, also moment, playing your chips, isn't it? Yeah. Though, you know, knowing mm. that you're gonna have a wild card soon, so you can, you know, take a few more gambles on some short-term players, knowing when you're gonna play those, looking for the double game weeks. I know you've been talking about blank game weeks as well, so knowing when those are gonna come is is vital. It really is, and I think that's one of the things that has worked out really well for you this season, Jack, is you did an early in game week six. And actually, I was probably blinded by the fact that I knew there was going to be a blank or a double game week in 18 or 19 due to the way that the fixtures fell. And only people who are massive fans would have known that. So I knew that I wanted to save my wild card as long as physically possible. So I should have taken more hits early doors or used my wild card and just, uh, you know, taken it because I started the season abysmally. Um, I wanted to move on to the questions we've got from the listeners. Thank you guys for sending these questions in every week. Uh, really do appreciate it. The uh, first question was best midfielders for the final day of the season. Um, I always think, first of all, to have a look at who's got something to play for. That's the number one thing to do. Uh, so Leicester, Chelsea and, um, and Liverpool obviously have Champions League to play for. Liverpool, obvious ones in terms of Salah. Yes, if you want to gamble, you can gamble on Mane. Again, his stats are there. He's in the right positions a lot. Jota is probably injured still. So it looks like he's a decent option, but Salah is a no-brainer. If you're going to go with Chelsea, rotation, you never know who's going to start for them. Mason Mount, everything goes through him. He's probably the only player you know is going to play, and also he's on some set pieces. But again, I probably would stay away from them. And Leicester, there's just no one that stands out from midfield. West Ham, Lingard, back on back on point again last week. Um, Fornells. Potentially, he's been starting a little bit. But actually, there's the Ben Rama versus Bowen debate. And Ben Rama seems to have now got Bowen out of this team. And um, in, he started last time out and he's got one goal and two assists in his last four appearances, Ben Rama. So he's somebody that you could look at as an outside shot as well to bring in the, that week. And then, of course, you've got Spurs, Everton and Arsenal. And Spurs, there's no one new. Bergwijn scored, so you might want to go for him if you want to. And Pepe scored two goals in his last, uh, sorry, three goals in his last two starts, two goals in his last game. But you know, inconsistent. It's just a, it's a massive shower of shit, actually, to be honest. The midfielders, which is exactly why this question's been asked in the first place. I would go obvious Liverpool Mount if you want, maybe Ben Rama. Uh, and if you want to uh, enter the uh, the pep roulette, you can do. Uh, and obviously, if you don't have like Rafinha, then you can potentially go for like Rafinha or uh, Jack Harrison, who is obviously player of the season, as we've mentioned already. Um, to go to the uh, last question, so the uh, the second one that we had was the best punts. I just made a really quick list of these because I thought, right, there's no underlying stats. I'm just going to literally go through the fixtures and have a look at who's playing at home as well and who's got things to play for. Um, so. You could go for Willock against Fulham. He's on form. Um, you could go for, I think, Ahmad Diallo. So, um, for Ahmad for Man United, he'll, he'll play against Wolves because we'll play half a team, so you might go for him. Um, Ward-Prowse against West Ham, maybe. Uh, but one that I do actually really like is Trossard against Arsenal. Uh, I think he would be a good shout, and he seems to have uh, relevant, decent form as well. Um, and to be fair, you could probably go for anyone who plays against Sheffield United at any point you want as well um, as another option. Jack, I uh, wanted to ask you your thoughts on those two questions. Did you have anything that you would like to add to that? No, I think you've made some really good points there. One name that I would throw at you is, just because I own Chris Wood and you know they're against Sheffield United, is what about Dwight McNeil? You know, can sometimes get a bit flashy and can come up with a big points total. Um but no, I think you're right. You know, if you haven't got Salah, bring him in, captain him, um, Leeds players, Rafina, Harrison. Yeah, sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah. Definitely, and that takes me on to uh, to uh, captaincies. Um, I mean, it's Salah, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, I know we've talked about this already, Jack, but it pretty much has to be Salah. Um, you could go for Antonio or Rafinha or Bamford, uh, who are playing obviously Southampton and West Brom respectively. Um, but it has to be said for me, um, it, it's, it's got to be Salah. He's my transfer in this week for Bruno. Um, the game week Chase, chasing line, the golden boot as well, isn't he? So you know, exactly. He's going to be hungry it's, it's, for it's, it's, it as well as Liverpool needing top four. And they're at Anfield against Palace. 
Danny, it's just an, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Surely it's we jinxed him enough now. Come on. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, <laughs> percent. Yeah, don't let's not do that to his last game. But I think they'd be so heavily end it'd be ridiculous. Sunday the twenty-third of May is the final days of the season. That's right, isn't it? Yes, it is. Two uh, thirty deadline on that day. All the games obviously are at the same time. Wait until the last minute to do transfers because this is the game game week of the year where you're most likely to get last minute news or you're most likely to get actual reliable injury news and updates before the deadline. So don't go doing your transfers now. Wait until Sunday to do them and make some really informed decisions. And that wraps up the fantasy football section for this week. Good luck, guys, with your last game week of the season. And I hope you achieve everything that you are wanting to. Uh, and it starts off with there being a good season next season. That's my hope anyway. Back to you, Sky. Cheers, Alex. And I think we can all say your advice this season's been fantastic. So thanks for that. And uh, yeah, if uh, anyone else is like me, they're just ready for a bit of a fantasy football break where we can enjoy the Euros. Um, so yeah, we're going to finish off with some very quick, quick fire this week. And there's only one man for that. Over to you, Tom. Scotty. Uh, yeah, real quick answers. I'm looking for a 15 second answer there. So keep it sharp, boys. Uh, Rex. Ben White, Tarkovsky, Wambasaka, Lalana, Harrison, Creswell, Smithrow, Bowen. Have I said any names there that deserve to get an England call up next week? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, 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 none of them. None of them are as good as the other players that could potentially play in their positions. Even though Ben White could be for the future. Good answer, uh, Scott. Sam Allardyce, right to be annoyed or just throwing his toys out the pram? Yeah, um, first and foremost, I love anyone, manager, players, owners that come out and are not a boring robot. I've said this in the past. Do something different. Speak for your mind. Love it. And yeah, do you know what? He's, he's, yeah, yeah, say what you want. Have a go at them because actually they've been fairly entertaining this year, West Brom, I think. They've been, in, they've been involved in some cracking games. So very harsh. They're always going to play long ball against a good team, but definitely not. Yeah, so yeah, fair play, Sam. More of that, please. Alex, uh, Chelsea women demolished in the Champions League final by a Barcelona team that have only conceded five goals all season. Positive step for the women's game in England or just highlighting how poor we are? Huge step forward. Not been in a final since 2007 when Arsenal won it. Um, we are making big, big leaps and big steps forward. I think it's great to come teams in the world and it shows what our level is compared to theirs and uh, and where we need to be and the new TV deals and everything else that comes with it is going to help push the women's game forward so go girls let's smash it and I think we'll do massive steps forward moving massive steps forward moving forward can I say forward more times forward forward Hi, getting your tongue tied there yeah. uh, Scott um, last couple of questions coming to you here um, how big an achievement is top four for Liverpool after the season they've had yeah, it's massive, isn't it? There was a one point they were looking like they were going to not qualify for Europe at all. So to be, you know, dining at the uh, top tier of European football again, it's fantastic. And yeah, we like to rinse them a bit, but they have had horrendous injury problems, especially at centre back. So yeah, it's fantastic for them. And uh, well done, Liverpool, but kind of help you bottle it in the last game of the season. And uh, one of the most important players, he's had a couple of mistakes in him over recent times, but what a goal from Alisson. Uh, is that the best goalkeeper goal that you've ever seen or the, do any others stick out? Um, I mean, for sure, quality, it's probably the best. Um, I think it was a Colombian keeper or something that used to ping free kicks in for fun. They were pretty good. But one did stick in my mind. I think it was Brad, Fri Brad Friedel when he was playing. He equalised in the last minute and everyone went crazy only for them to lose the game about 10 seconds later. So that made me chuckle a little bit. And uh, yeah, but what a bullet header. Get him up top. First ever goal for a Liverpool goalkeeper in competitive game ever in their 120-year history or whatever it is. I mean, that shouldn't be a surprising start, really, unless they were on penalty duties, I guess. Uh, it's just how big the goal was. How big that goal was and where it's come from is such an anomaly. That's how lucky Liverpool are this year, Cully. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll pass over to you, Scott, and that's the end of our quick fire section today. Cheers, boys, as always. Um, it's been a pleasure, and thanks very much, Jack. Um, really enjoyed your thoughts and opinions today, and uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have you on again uh, further down the line. And yeah, thanks for listening. Um, don't forget, we're all over social media, all in football pod on Instagram, all in football P on Twitter. There's some, there'll be some great fantasy football stuff coming from Alex, and uh, yeah, um, join us next week where we're going to be um, discussing the fallout of the final weekend of the Premier League and probably looking ahead to uh, the Euros this summer. So, yeah, have a great week, guys. 
Take care and uh, see you soon.